The G-Men community exists to allow men to connect through group coaching, training calls, online workshops, and location-based retreats. Join the movement at gmenworldwide.com. The G-Men podcast brings you inside our community and lets you listen in on the conversations that empower men to win in life and business. What we're going to talk about today is the world-famous Migos and uh, their Culture 3 debuting song, Strengthening. Because a lot of things in our life, if we tell the truth, it improves when we when we get a little straightening and it gets worse when we avoid the straightening. And for me, straightening is just a difficult conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of men are not okay with straightening the environments they find themselves in. A lot of men are not okay with saying, I don't care how it used to be done. That's not what we do today. Guys, it's just a little bit of straightening. And if you don't do it, are you going to leave your son to get George Floyd, your nephew to get George Floyd? to get Trayvon Martin? Are you going to have your daughter out here like Breonna Taylor? You know, in a situation that nobody is there to teach her how to protect herself in. Guys, we got to have difficult conversations so we protect the people we love and know. And because so many times, if we tell the truth, many of us avoid difficult conversations. I had to have a difficult conversation with Kanai. Kanai was like, look, my boy Willie is not being taken care of by the Jeep. And B, it's your fault. I'm like, Kanai, I'm ready for all that smoke, Kanai, but couldn't you give me like a, a warning? You know what I'm saying? I was trying to take a mid-afternoon nap, and I was like, nah, let me do the right thing. Kanata, give me his number, give him my number, have us connect. Because if he has, if he's not fully getting access to the network, that is on me. That is on me. I'm cheating him out of the calls. I'm cheating him, cheating him out of these connections. And that's not who I am. And guys, if you don't have those straightening conversations, nothing changes. But if you're bold enough to pick up the phone, send a text message, connect somebody, ask them. Why you do business that way? You might produce what is necessary for the next best thing to flow out of it. And guys, I know I'm confrontational. I know I'm extreme. So I don't want to misrepresent the moment. So I love to hear from some people who like, hey, B, I still, I still just don't like confrontation. So we can do some training on some of the things we can do, even when we don't like, quote, confrontation, even though we don't want to do a little straightening. So if you are somebody who just like, look, I just don't like confrontation or my wife don't listen anyway, or the kids or the babies don't listen anyway, uh, this is your moment we love to hear from. Yeah, this one's definitely me. Confrontation has always been a challenge area. Um, I've made a little bit of progress, especially when it comes to, you know, there have been times in the past where someone says something you know, whether it be racist or sexist or just flat out rude, and I would stay quiet because I wouldn't want to cause anything. And now I'm learning that I it, it it's more harmful not to say anything. Um, but yeah, no, this is still very much a work in progress for me, um, being confrontational. All right, stay on, stay on the uh, line, Tony, training in real time. So okay. we are in an actor's workshop and... I just say one of the most racist or sexist things. What's your What's your part? What do you do exactly next? Mm. In my um, little bit more context, is it like are we both participants in the group? Yeah, we're we're uh, there's a leader and uh, there's the guest actor or actress that's you know there for showing the art at the high level. But you know we're practicing, we're research, you know we're researching characters and we we play these characters just in the workshop. And then someone asked one of the female actors to do something. And I said, blah, 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 sexist comment. What do you do next? First thing I'm going to do is look right at the instructor. And <laughs> if I'm being transparent, I'm hoping and praying that they say something and call it out. If they don't call it out, this is where, this is where I get tripped up. 
Mm. Because if it's if it's in a room and I'm a participant, I'm the first thing I wonder is, am I missing something? Like, did I am I, am I in the wrong here? Yeah, I get it. Like, so you're saying are is, are they acting or was that real? Um, one of my practices is crazy body language. Because if you made me feel something, I felt it. You know. So if I'm in the room and they say something crazily sexist, crazily racist, I usually hit the timeout boy. Or I make like a stupid face, like, why? Because we all heard it. <laughs> and at times, because nobody is acknowledging what happened, we kind of let it get glossed over or we sweep it under the rug versus somebody's like, time out. Uh, is that legal? Is that what we're doing here? You know what I'm saying? Because I know you don't want to give refunds. And if this continues, I'm going to need a refund because I didn't come here for that type of training. So again, you're not even confronting who did it. You're not even uh, forcing whoever's in charge to acknowledge it. You're telling them what you expect based on who you are. So you give a lot of people an out. But something you also don't do is stay what? Silent. Anybody with some different approach to a moment like that? Something different. I was going to say my, it, it's normally two two things I, I do. One is something similar to what the uh, facial expression. Or you know how one, one phrase could have multiple meaning. One of my phrases, A-yo. You know what I mean? Like, A-yo, what's up? Or A-yo. Yo, what you doing? You know, so the same way to bring attention to it. If it's not as blatant, or I, I should say moment stopping, I'm gonna talk to them to, on the side. You know, we not doing that. You know what I mean? It, it really just matches what my personality is. Like I said, it just depends. If it's something that'll stop a whole conflict, then yeah, the AO is necessary. But if it's something not as blatant or doesn't affect everybody, then I would love it, Kanana. Uh, great ideas there. All right, as Kanana was talking, he triggered a memory. My cousin Tam uh, hit me up. He said, hey, B, uh, I saw this lady getting punched in the parking lot, and I looked around, and I saw all these men just standing there doing and saying nothing. And uh, I guess they were on the not my monkey, not my circus boy. But because I've been punched in the face before, I know what it feels like to have nobody say nothing. So this mom of two whipped out her cell phone, walked up to him and said, hey, do what you're doing, but I'm going to record it. And I'm going to post it somewhere. So the guy pushed the lady out the truck and hopped in the truck and sped off. And Tam asked the lady, is she okay? And then, because uh, she got my blood and we are a little psycho, Tam starts to follow the dude. Like the whole, you know what I'm saying? Because she was like, look, what we going to do is have some uh, plate. And what we going to do is have more videos. So when we have to turn this in and have this worked out, we have video evidence. And after I made sure she was safe and uh, not downplay her doing what she felt she had to do. I asked myself, what else could she have done? So I'd love to hear from some of you, maybe perhaps some of the ideas that you have in a situation that's that tense and that person, you know, a man and his old lady are going at it public and, and you happen to visually walk into that. What are some of the solutions that you would present? Or would you be one of those silent male bystanders witnessing the situation while minding your business? So in this particular situation, if I'm in public and, I, and I'm watching somebody else do something that I'm like not even a part of, um, I'll be honest, I haven't done this before, but um, I got this idea from a training I attended. Um, I'm, I'm not big enough where I can like confront another dude or another person like in general, unless they're small, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's going to be able to physically stop them. But what I can do is I can play dumb. I can like go up to the, to the woman and uh, like ask her, like, um, either act like I know her 
and be like, oh my gosh, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt, you know, something to kind of halt the the uh, confrontation. And, you know, this, I, I'm open to feedback here. I don't know if this is the best approach, but just something to kind of like interrupt what's going on. Strong, Tony. Love that. Love that. You're going to take action. And I love that you're also thinking about your physical safety as well. I think one of the dumbest things we do is put ourselves in harm's way as well. Like, that's why we let firefighters at times run into a burning building, because they're trained for that. You know, and I love that you also said something else that we need to think about. We need training for certain situations so that we have a template before we take action. And that's what a part of this conversation is about. What are some of the things that we can do instead of just ignoring the moment? All right, Anthony, I saw you off mute. Go for it. Okay, yeah, you're good. Um, I, to be honest with you, I feel like I'm, I'm a very... I'm a highly sensitive person, especially like as a kid being really cognizant of abuse in the household and like arguments going on. So I think I would, um, I do my best to diffuse the situation, but like, I guess separating them if possible. Um, and it's, it's sounded because I think as, as, as I've gotten older, I've really been, have, I've had to put myself in spaces where having difficult conversations and having confrontations on a consistent basis. And it's, it's tough, but I think, you know, I think making people aware of, maybe how you're making them feel in the first place. You can't really argue with how somebody feels. Um, I think diffuses it to a point to where they, they, they reflect and they're not so reactive. You know, they're, they actually respond. So I get, like, like Tony said, I think I'm, I'm open to feedback because I think naturally I like to come back more in the mental space versus the physical space. Like I can take it there, but I prefer not to. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um, that was a setup question. Yeah, my cousin really went through that, but that was a setup question because as men, you know, a lot of y'all white knight. You know what I'm saying? You see a woman in distress. Y'all have no clue what the situation is. You don't know if she just robbed him at pistol point. You just want to get involved and be a hero because y'all watch all those superhero movie, movies growing up. I ain't judging you. I'm just not that guy. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can place a nice phone call, though. You know what I'm saying? It's called 911. Uh, at Costco on 25th, you need to be here because that's your job, not mine's. And you need to get here quick because somebody getting hurt. You want details? Bring your behind here now. That's that's what you need to know. Well, so don't serve me. Do your job. Send somebody to the Costco on 25th right now because that's your job. I am not doing your job because nobody paid me to do your job. And the way my insurance set up, I don't get benefits when I die over doing your job. So you need to come do your job. It's nothing wrong with that, y'all. It's nothing wrong with that. The most basic thing. You saw it. Say something. Hey, we just want to follow. Don't follow with me. Uh, again, I'm not helping you do your job. I am not a police detective. That is not my job. Ask Costco for the video. You know what I'm saying? You don't need an eyewitness statement if you have video. Stop making me do your job. And guys, this is leading somewhere. This is leading somewhere. Because as many of us know at this point, uh, Mr. Richard Sherman was on video having a moment, having a moment. And many of us have no clue what moments like that feel like, you know, but we have our opinion. And so we want to get beyond opinion. We want to get training. We want to get straightening. So if we ever find ourselves in certain situations, we could recall some action steps, some ideas that even in the heated moment, maybe we can make some new decisions and go in a different direction. So I don't know if y'all have been drunk before, but we tend to do things that don't make a lot of sense when we are on drugs, just how drugs work. That's what they're literally designed to do, alter your state. 
And so, you know, Mr. Richard Sherman was in a moment and, you know, there's opinions all over the place. And if many of you have heard anything on the news about that, you know, I'd love some takeaways of maybe perhaps some of the ideas, some of the things he could have done differently in that very vulnerable, visible, heated moment. What are some of the things that Mr. Richard Sherman could have done instead of literally what he did do? So I'd love to hear some ideas. And if you're not familiar with it, I can grab a link and drop it in the chat so you can get familiar with it. But if you are familiar with it, uh, feel free to take yourself off mute and give us some ideas on maybe some steps we could have taken if we find ourselves just in very vulnerable, invisible moments. So very tense moments. Um, what are some of the action steps? What are some of the things we could do to make sure things don't escalate? Kind of excited because that I see y'all reading up on it. That means y'all don't take in a lot of negativity. I appreciate that. That's that's good. That's a very positive thing. I would say hey, have someone in your corner that you can call when something like that happens but how that event went down being that you're intoxicated you're not thinking because your mind is altered so you nine out of ten you're not going to call that person but having the right squad around you when you know you're going through difficult situations would be the best thing to do is to call somebody and let them know and you're kind of releasing it as, as you call them as well like that, Mr. Terry, spoken with uh, lots of wisdom and experience. Um, I, I, when Mr. Terry was speaking, I was counting how many couches are in my home? How many couches are in my home? Because sometimes people are like, hey, I need a, I need a, I need a place to stay tonight, you know, just to straighten some things out, get some straightening, maybe get some clarity, get some sobriety. Guys, now, now I need you to remember the heat of the moment. You upset. Maybe she took the kids, she ran to her parents' house. So you upset, upset, because they your kids too. And she like, I'm taking my kids, and she gone and you're like what you doing and you know maybe you did pay for the house you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that the kids at now too and they're like you can't come in and you're like why not because you're drunk and i'm like why not i pay these bills so it's a, a tense situation mr terry suggested have somebody to call you know that's why accountability having an accountability partner from the g or outside the g is important somebody to call intense vulnerable moments super important what are some of the other things we could do what what are some of the things you think you would have done Facing the same thing. Go for it, Anthony. Yeah, um, I think just to add on to what Stevie um, was saying, I think for myself, as I'm realizing and I'm, and I'm, um, I'm succeeding at um, abstinence and, and not watching porn, I think in the moments where I'm even getting an urge at the slightest, I'll call and I'll reach out. So I, I'll, I'll train myself mentally to where, because I, I think when I first started, I'd say, oh, well, I'm going to just pray or I'm going to just do these things in the heat of the moment when if you don't have the training to do it, you're not going to do it, like like you were saying. So I think just training in those small moments of, hey, I have an urge or, hey, I'm, I'm a little drunk or I feel just, just a little bit of uh, this anger brewing, um, I think it, it, it helped long-term to just have that, that habit instilled into you to where you're like, all right, I just know what to do. Like, I'm going to call a homie real quick and, you know, maybe you send to, you know, then cut, cut somebody else, but, like, in my head. You know, saying versus you know reacting outwardly. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that um, addition. As you were sharing, uh, my brothers and myself we were having a conversation old earlier, and uh, one of them said something that resonated with what you said. He said, "If Bernard knows if going north is how you win, by the time you look up, he gone." You know, so you need people around you who know you know you. You know what I'm saying? Know your triggers. Like they they can predict it. Up. Oh, they press X, if they press Y and Z, he gonna do exactly this. It's, the, it's like, I had people like that in the military. If somebody in our unit started to get in the fight in the club, they got in a fight and they were running, get me, cause they know me. 
You know what I'm saying? I, I enjoyed, but back then I enjoyed violent. And you just gave me an excuse to be violent, you know? So they would just be like, get, get B, get about out of here. I'm like, I didn't even do nothing. Yeah, but you was about to. We know you know you. And I think sometimes men, we're not visible and vulnerable enough to have those in our life who can bring that clarity, bring that strength and remind us of who we are and who we're not. Because I don't care who you are, if we get you under enough influence, drugs in your system, stress in your system, no sleep in your system, bro, we can get you to do all types of, all types of things that don't speak to who you really are, who you really are. And it's, it's sad that our laws only have certain categories, you know? Because out here in the Seattle area, it was Mr. Richard Sherman, domestic violence. I was like, who got slapped? Nobody. So how are we calling it domestic violence? That's literally what that means to me. Somebody got slapped. Nobody got slapped. And we still calling it domestic violence. And, you know, sometimes we don't even get involved in the laws and how the laws are made and how the laws are understood. So we just get labels. And those labels hurt, y'all, because this is a brother who went to Stanford. I don't know about y'all, but the way my education was set up, I didn't go to Stanford. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't like he can't do this. It's not like he's not an intellectual. He is. But under certain pressures and with certain stuff in our system, can we really be as cognitive as we should be? I see your hand, Mr. Coleman. Go for it. Yeah, I just looked at the video, right, and uh, read the article. And I'm sad because of what I know of Richard and normally how composed he is and articulate. It's obvious that it was a mistake, right? And he getting grilled. He getting dragged through the press just because he a big name and got a high network. You know what I'm saying? Um, I agree with you 100%. Like some of the words that they use in like domestic, like it's something you don't want to get charged with because of the the uh, the society that we live in right now. Like domestic violence is like worse than assault and battery because it'll make you think that you got a man jumping on a woman. Like burglary will make you think that he actually like broke into a house with um, malicious intent. And you're right, under the influence, man, it's hard to keep control. I know. You know, both of the times that I ended up being took plea deals, felony charges, um, I was under the influence of of alcohol, and, and it's challenging. Um, Alfred was dead on it. Um, with like having not only having like the right people around, you got to have people that you trust enough to listen when they talking. You know, at this stage in my life, I got people that I can reach out to, or if they say chill, I'm a chill. But it's important. And that just show how important it is, you know, for us to have spaces like this, because reading his statement, he says that he's been going through things um, for the past couple months. And maybe if he had a group of brothers that he could reach out to and don't tell his business, he could really he could have worked some of that some of that stuff out so he wouldn't have blew his view. Well said, Mr. Coleman. I cannot have dropped in the chat something that I, I feel needs to be echoed. The media is beyond crazy and untrustworthy. One of my brothers always says this, media is not defeated. Like, they can say whatever. Uh, I don't know if y'all had realized this, but they didn't let Mr. Cosby out of jail because of the kindness of their heart. He had an immunity deal. Immunity! That means he was vaccinated against jail time. And what did they do? They still put his behind in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. They tell you, if you testify, we're going to give you full immunity, and then you testify. So you told on yourself something every Black child know you don't do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they still, for three years, silence Mr. Cosby. So as Kanata said, many of these systems, media, system, the criminal justice system, systems, the correction, correct, correctional system, to include probation, systems, they are not designed, typically, to work in the favor of men, especially men who they can extract money from quite easily with court fees and court fines, et cetera, et cetera. Kanata, 
Go for it. Yeah, I was gonna leave that part out of the conversation, but then you brought it up. So I was like, all right, perfect. So I just watched um, like I said, the original video and then the news coverage of it station in Denver. And this is this happened with his in-laws, not his wife that he's separated from, not one that he's divorced with. And if you I noticed in the video, they didn't put Ashley Sherman, they put her um maiden name. Ashley Moss. And I was like, it's just little stuff like that that makes that paints the picture to on the public's mind and saying, like, oh, he's going after his ex-wife. They must not be together anymore. And they did they chose not to highlight the part of she was still supporting him um through this. She showed up in court with him holding his hand. You know what I mean? So it's just, and once again, I'm not defending right. That was the second thing I I, I caught. Somebody else said it, how intelligent um, Richard Sherman is. If you're watching the video and you watch his body, he first goes through his initial football moves trying to break the door down. It looks like a football drill. But then he stands back and puts his arm behind his hands, I mean behind his back, and he starts talking. And you can tell that's where his intellect tried to kick in. But like you said, because of his state, he wasn't able to do it as he normally does. But that, that part of the arrogance kicked in and a couple other things I just saw in there. But I just want us, you know, just to be careful when they, they paint those pictures about, not just about um, men or black men, but everyone. Thank you for that insight. Um, as you were talking, I was like, man, they tried to shade room this man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, here's the thing, you know, we're going to have to, I think we're going to do it at the retreat, how to survive a scandal, you know? Because whether it's true or false, once that information is put out, man, can it run? Can it have legs? Can people be falsely accused? We're not saying this is the case, but can they be? Absolutely. So what do we do in those types of cases? What do we do in those types of situations? Because I was talking to my wife and we were having this deep, Mr. Terry dropped in Deshaun Watson, fact, facts 100. You know, once information is put out, especially for men, there's this, there's this heartbeat that says they deserve it. And if it's a woman, there's the heartbeat that says, let's protect her. I don't know if y'all got the type of women in your life like I have experienced in my life. <laughs> Dead to protect the men faster over here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just, we have a lot of evidence to the contrary. You know, lots of evidence, proof. And that's what, that's some of the things I advocate for. Guys, I don't do this, uh, you know, to be malicious or flippant. I want you guys to be thinkers and I want you mentally prepared and even doing some role plays so that if these situations arrive, like one, look, I hate to be this uh, brash, but I have to be. I was shopping and, uh, you know, uh, Karen was doing what Karens do. Um, I think we all are clear who Karens are. And I had to say, because it's one of the things I was trained to do and say, Oh, you're one of those type of Karen. And you could see it disarmed her. I don't want to be a Karen. I don't want to end up on video virally on the internet. You can see her go through it because she was trying to use her Karen privileges to, you know, to move up and shift the situation. And I was like, ooh, so you one of those Karen. And I said it quite vocally and visibly. And, and, and all of a sudden she figured out what, what was the right thing to do. And I think sometimes guys, because we don't get mentally prepared to take action, we tend to take no action. We do absolutely nothing, nothing gets straightened. And instead of being on the top of the charts like the Migos, we one hit wonders in life because we're not having crucial conversation. We're not doing something. And guys, sometimes the something is telling somebody. I have been in restaurants and I just start yelling. And I was like, and when they like, what's wrong, sir? Like you didn't see them fighting? You concerned about me yelling, but you didn't see them. She just dragged her over the table in the restaurant. <laughs> and nobody said nothing. And my wife here, bro. And if they hit my wife, this restaurant will have a whole different problem. So I'm just bringing your attention to go, go straighten that out. 
Well, uh, uh-uh, that's not my job. That's your job. The way my insurance set up, I don't get to do your job, but I will bring your awareness, your attention. So I think that, you know, there's always something we should be thinking about that's possible. There's always something we should be thinking about that we can literally do. I don't want y'all like my cousin following people in. And uh, well, she is a housewife, so I get, well, not really a wife, but you know, when I'm in the black community, she's a housewifey. So I guess she was out that day. So she wanted to stay out. So she just took on more than she should have. But, but while I was excited that she did something, I don't think what she did was effective or solution oriented. Because when I asked her, what were some of the outcomes that you were after? I was like, well, I just wanted him to stop punching the lady. I was like, that was super easy. Just yell. <laughs> Just yell loud enough. It, it creates awareness. And awareness, self-awareness, causes new ideas to flare up. And sometimes, guys, what really betrays us is what? Silence. Is, is, is when we're going through the inner stuff and we're not doing the hard work and we can't t- say to a brother, man, I've been drinking every day for 60 days, for 90 days. The stress at work, I'm afraid to lose my job. The stress at home. Oh, my wife hasn't been coming home. My wife took the kids. It's not being visible and vulnerable enough to consistently, excuse me, quote, have conversations that allow us to hear that you're not alone, that you're not alone, that you're not the only one who have ever been through it and it's okay. And something men need to hear just because you're going through it and just because you're taking responsibility to create solutions and outcomes, it doesn't make it your fault. I know people who married somebody who had a child and they can call them their child all they want. They're not their child. I know you might disagree with me, but that's still not your child. You know, <laughs> unless you adopt them, try going to the hospital without their mama. That is not your child. They're not going to let you in unless you've got some legal paperwork. Now, if you adopt them, you might have a little bit more legal paperwork. And when that child say, you're not my daddy, you're not going to touch me. I'm going to steal the car and do what I want to do. I'm going to be a trapper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, and you got to go through what you go through with them. Just because you're taking responsibility, it doesn't make it your fault. And as men, we take on responsibility for so many things, and then we act like it's our fault. And it's not always your fault, even when you take on responsibility to f- find solutions and outcomes. And too many of us as men, we're being lied to. You know how many men I've had to tell, look, if you have a child, you're a dad. And if you want to be a great dad, do what great dads do. And previously, they were called all types of things, sperm donors, deadbeat, all these things. That's not true. The creator trusted you with a child. You're somebody's daddy. Now, if you want to be a phenomenal one, do what phenomenal dads do. Too many of us have lies. Toxic masculinities, no such thing. There's toxic human, male and female and transgender. Toxic human. They come in everything. And if you're a male and you're masculine, it's quality. Now, if you're toxic and you happen to be male, You know, I can see how people might try to trick you into thinking somehow it's your masculinity that's toxic. It's not. It's just you. And when you straighten you, everything you do gets straight. But if you're crooked, everything you produce as a man will be crooked as well. Guys, I want to challenge you to look for places in your life to have critical, crucial conversations. I want to I want to challenge you for the rest of the week to look for places where you have to have some straightening conversation. And I want you to always be confident in who you are enough to see something and say something. I know for many, depending on the community that came up, they told you stop snitching. I told them it costs money. My silence costs money. You ain't got a G for me. You ain't got a bag for me. I'm telling you got nobody. You want me to lie for free? At least least have enough integrity to pay me off. At least value me enough to buy my silence. What type of foolery is this? (laughs) 
I am telling the first person to ask it. He did it. Bro, why you stick? Because he paid me. He could have gave me his J's and I kept quiet. But I am not keeping quiet for free. I don't know you like that. I don't live in your house. You don't live in mine. You shouldn't have did it. You didn't want nobody talking about it. You should not have done it. Because without knowing it, at times, it's our silence that allows generations to go without solution. So if we get more vocal, even if you have to do it anonymous, get vocal. Bro, send the anonymous email. You know what I'm saying? Call the anonymous hotline. Get somebody involved because you never know what that means in terms of solutions that they need. All right, guys, if you need me, most of you have my number, uh, reach out, look for moments, look for ideas, look for places where you can apply some straightening. Don't let things just slide. Have those crucial conversations. And guys, come up with more role plays on how to handle things. I think the first time you see it, it shouldn't be the first time you thought about it because I think that's when we freeze up. And no judgment. If you've frozen up before, guys, it's life. They trained me before they sent me to war. And so I want you guys trained before you face something. Some things might just catch you off guard. So, so think about it. Think about some solutions that work for who you are and be both visible and vulnerable in how you approach. Straighten up the things in your life that need straight. All right, guys, that is our time. We do have the morning call. So if you can be on that call, get some rest. It is 5 a.m. EST. We'd love to see you on that call. Uh, Coach K and the team is up there. You know, I love their, their format. Um, it's more intimate. You kind of get to go deeper with the morning topic. It launches you into your day. So if you could be on those 5 a.m. calls, they are Tuesday and Thursday. If you need me, reach out. And again, we want more engagement in the community. So guys, keep the conversation going in the chat. Drop content you think is necessary to the group in the chat. And thank you for being on tonight's call. Have a phenomenal evening. Take it easy. Fellas. See you guys. You have been listening to the G-Men Podcast. Like, review, and share this episode if something you heard challenged you to grow and positioned you to lead.